we've got our last piece of content for the day. We are securing the bag once again. So Secure the Bag is a segment that we do with host Taylor Bagley where Taylor gives us a company or two, helps unpack some business decisions or market realities for them, and then lets us know, did or did they not secure the bag? Are they making that bank? <laughs> did they make that positive decision? It's always so funny trying to be serious, saying, secure the bag, but bro, the... the uh, the pun is too good. So Taylor Bagley, host of Secure the Bag, welcome. How are you doing? I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And yeah, no, you're you're right. This is uh, ideally sometimes a fun segment. Some are funner than others. But uh, uh, yeah, today, though, we've got a uh, kind of an interesting one, kind of keeping in the trend of our COVID talks and how companies are um, obviously shifting, responding, and making sure that we can all keep our heads above water here. Um, so let's kind of hop right in today on Secure the Bag. Right now we're talking about Kohl's versus uh, malls and specifically, you know, kind of your your typical uh, retailer that is centrally located, um, you know, in, inside of a shopping center. And Kohl's is uh, announced Thursday morning that they plan to have 25% of their stores reopened by next week. Um, it's going to reopen 10 additional in 10 additional states, including Texas and Alaska, come Monday. Um, and the retailer has already opened in four states, including Arkansas, South Carolina, Utah, and Oklahoma earlier this week. Um, so yeah, that means about 25% of all coal stores will be open by next week if everything goes to plan. Um, so this isn't really the trend here with, with retailers specifically in kind of their area. And I really wanted to take a look at why uh, Kohl's is kind of positioned to be able to do this well um, and, and ideally do this uh, safely and effectively. Um, so for a little more context, you know, Kohl's operates more than 1,100 locations around the nation, uh, and many of which are situated within open-air shopping centers alongside of, you know, things like nail salons, grocery stores, or, you know, other types of uh, local retailers. And uh, Kohl's chief executive, Michelle Gass, told CNBC that, I do think our real estate portfolio will be an asset, uh, specifically when it comes to looking at reopening in a safe manner. Um so I think this really kind of gets to the heart at why Kohl's is positioned so well to uh, succeed in uh, reopening and kind of reintegrating their uh, customer base in inside of their actual physical retailers. So um, you know, as opposed to other retailers based in indoor malls, you know, analysts are predicting that consumers are going to be very wary of returning to enclosed shopping malls uh, post COVID nineteen, uh, but will be more likely instead to venture into shops that are easily accessible by car. Um, so, you know, you, you just got to put that in the context of can you drive up to it and kind of walk in the door without necessarily having to be inside of a facility, be inside with other people. Um, and the actual just kind of geography of the mall and the shopping center itself uh, is playing a big role in how retailers are going to look and be able to operate there in the future. Um, some of the concessions that they're making is operating hours until further notice will be reduced from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Um, and the company said that there will be a dedicated shopping hours uh, for 
uh, in place for at-risk individuals, including pregnant customers, um, which will take place, you know, each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to noon. Um, and they also released a statement saying that they will be shutting all fitting rooms until further notice. Um, so yeah, this is a this is kind of a, I think a big um, shift for not only just their industry, but just how uh, other retailers have been responding. You know, it's uh, it's been pretty self-evident that mall-based retail is struggling. Um, you know, luxury department store chain Neiman Marcus filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy uh, protection just this last week. So, um, and that also followed a filing by uh, the brand J Crew. So, there's there's obviously a a big kind of disconnect with how some of these stores are able to respond and shift and and pivot moving forward. Um, You know, additionally, we can look at uh, department stores like Lord & Taylor, who will be liquidating all of its stores as soon as they're reopening. Um, And another Texas-based company here for us, the uh, uh, JCPenney, who is exploring uh, filing for bankruptcy as well, uh, with its stores uh, temporarily forced to shut. So, yeah, Kohl's is, is kind of an, you know, not the only company, obviously, or the only retailer that is, you know, decentralized from malls, uh, but has really kind of been one of the early ones to shift the uh, the fact that their decentralized real estate is going to be an asset for them. It's going to be able to help them uh, move forward and pivot and ideally reopen safely, get some people um you know, back on their payroll, back to work. And uh, um, I, I think we'll, we'll hopefully prove to be a good move for them, uh, not only their their company, but their customers and the well-being of their communities. Um, so, you know, hats off to Coles for being able to, you know, figure out a, a good way to move forward here. I, I'd like to think that, you know, they're securing the bag. And I'd love to hear any thoughts that you guys have on, on the topic. Well, I know that we had a story uh, a while back, Daniel, I don't know if you remember this, but where we, we talked about Kohl's uh, receiving uh, returns, kind of being a return hub for Amazon. And I, I think that I think that Kohl's has been open and willing to maybe try things that other retailers haven't been willing to try or haven't thought of or sure, uh, yeah. s- something along those lines just in, in the past just to try to overcome the challenges that exist in the retail landscape these days for you know the more traditional brick and mortar type bigger department stores and so uh, it, it doesn't surprise me maybe that Kohl's is going outside the box going a little bit off board you know just to try to uh, yeah find some success in this way so uh, yeah I, I, I think that my my primary comments kind of revolve around that just uh, just once again Kohl's trying to do something that might be a little bit outside the box or you know outside the norm um, and because uh, and, that seems to be a pattern for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems that they're very aware of the shifting uh, dynamics of the retail space and aren't afraid to, like you said, experiment and try new hybrids of that dynamic. So, um, you know, I, I, it seems like they had the foresight early to not attach themselves to malls and to uh, purchase their own real estate that they can then use however they see fit whereas some of their contemporaries uh though they have similar sized real estate is often linked to malls so you know your your dillard's your jc pennies and your macy's of the world um you know there aren't that many uh 
at least in, you know, in my neck of the woods out here in the North Texas, there aren't that many just standalone Macy's anymore. It's typically linked to some other mall. Kohl's, I don't know if I've ever seen a Kohl's linked to any mall. So I, I find that interesting that they've been able to have that foresight. Um, and, you know, I love Kohl's cash. I love spending my Kohl's cash. And uh, not going to lie, there's some some great clothes for my build at uh, at Kohl's. So great clothes for tall, skinny people. That's me. <laughs> so I will agree with you, Taylor. I feel like Kohl's is secure in the bag here. Man, if J. Crew bites the dust, I don't know where I'm going to get shirts Gosh, seriously. I'm going to have to, <laughs> my, my shopping game's going to have to evolve, as it probably should. I mean, I'm in my 30s. I should I should figure some stuff out. But, you know, it, it was it was nice while it lasted. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I think Jay Cruz got, got what we need here at about that age. So, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. Very, uh, I don't know, uh, 30 year old, 30 plus uh dad vibes i don't know with with the nice button <laughs> <Absolutely>. downs <laughs> those are those are good vibes sir thank we you we like those vibes thank you i rock it as hard as i can all right team i think that does it for another episode of business casual uh taylor thanks for securing the bag with us this morning we always appreciate having you on the show absolutely love being here thank you it was great hearing from kevin hogan and uh, unpacking a little bit of what he's going to be bringing to the show. Oh, yeah. So, folks, I, I hope everyone is looking forward to what that content looks like uh, and what that content sounds like. And he's been doing some interviews and, uh, you know, really proselytizing about um, the future of ed tech. And I think it's such a growing industry, so many dynamics shaping it today. There's a lot of good stuff to unpack there for the future. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, so that does it for Business Casual today. Folks, make sure you're heading to uh, marketscale.com slash industries to listen to snippets from the show and obviously all of our other content. You can also subscribe to MarketScale Radio on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's where you'll find our Business Casual snippets mm-hmm. as well as all of our other contributor content. So find us out there. Tyler, any final words for the friends out in the world today stay safe scale up that's it beautiful wow couldn't have summed it up any better myself boom love it everyone thank you again i'm daniel litwin voice of b2b and we'll catch you next time on business casual this was a snippet from business casual with daniel litwin and tyler kern your b2b morning radio show Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.